Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I am here with Brennan, who has kindly agreed to do a case study with us. I believe you're in level 13 of the Mandarin Blueprint Method course, or you just finished level 13. Is that right? Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, before we get into anything about the Mandarin Blueprint course, we're always interested in why anyone wants to learn Mandarin in the first place and what your story is. So maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, events that uh, led up to you wanting to learn Mandarin. I mean, we could start with your birth. No, just, uh, just wherever you like to start. Um, and uh, be curious to hear about it. Yep, I was conceived during a John Woo movie. So, you know, that's what... Right, there we go. <laughs> ...led me to... Yep, like Addy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, through my job, I work for a nonprofit in a semiconductor industry. Mm. And we are trying to have a global reach in China and we do have a China partner out there. And I myself have been to China about three or four times now. And really we need somebody in our team, if you will, that speaks Mandarin. And so it fell on one employee to do so, but then their career path went a different way. Mm. And then kind of I stumbled upon the Mandarin blueprint and that's what led me to think oh well let me give it a shot I'll try and study Mandarin but right. so it was more from the the work career aspect sure so, so that's wow that's really um quite pointed because it's kind of like you know okay so you're the one in your company that is gonna you know take this on so that that's got to be quite the motivation so just out of curiosity about how much time per day are you spending on it because you know if that with that kind of motivation i can imagine you're spending a bit more time than the average person yeah so i get one hour at my job so during my my shift i'm allowed one hour of studying and then i'll typically do my anki or maybe a couple more levels i'm trying to figure out what my sweet spot is Mm-hmm. But then I'll do all my Anki after, usually probably around in the evening time, 7 p.m. So I'll study, I'll do a few lessons in the morning, about an hour's worth, and then I study at the end of the day. Right, nice. Yeah, I think this, we've had people who've said before that they, you know, do it for career-based reasons, but they're a little bit more abstract, sort of like, well, someday I'm sure this will help me in my career, or I'm, you know, I'm in an industry, So, but for you, it's much more, I mean, you're even, your job is, uh, you know, paying you to study in, in a way yeah. for that hour, so that's uh, um, really, that's interesting, that's great. So, so the semiconductor industry, it doesn't surprise me at all that if you're in the semiconductor industry that you would have uh, some relationships with China. I imagine you probably have relationships with companies in Shenzhen, I would, I would guess. That seems to be like the semiconductor capital in China. Is that, is that the case or is it somewhere else? It, 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 definitely, it definitely is. We, our partner is out in Suzhou. So oh, okay. that's where, yeah. believe it or not, yeah, the, the industrial park out there is really, really kind of flourishing right? It's really being built into something. And so that's where our China partner is. And whenever we have an event out there, they're typically the ones that host and they actually were the ones that allowed me to get a 10 year visa. So Hmm. that was, that was super helpful on their part. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, and the, we kind of want to open up a location out there as well. So 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So that that's, I love this. So you actually have this really strong motivation to be studying every day and you've got, you know, connections where you're going to definitely be going to China at some point, you know, post uh, pandemic, uh, you know, I'm, hopefully that'll be in the next coming year, let's hope. Um, so that's great. And that also, of course, yeah. since it's, we're in that situation, at least in the meantime, you can, uh, you know, get your Chinese quite strong before you uh, have any chance to come over. So, you know, bearing that in mind, so what would your role in the company end up being? So like how, suppose you succeed, you're fluent or at least able to, you know, read contracts or whatever, and you, you can communicate. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect your role in the company? Do you think you'll have a promotion in order or anything like that? You know, I'm just always curious about what the real life effects might be. So the, as far as company goes, the real, I guess, maybe five-year plan, if you will, is I would relocate to China and that's mm -hmm. where I would work and I would man the Chinese office out there. And so we would undergo trainings right now. I'm what's called the business development manager. So mm -hmm. I'm really working with, with new individuals and we're a volunteer-based organization. So there's only about four of us that are paid employees. All the others, thousands of people are all volunteer. So I would be coordinating with other volunteers out in China, building more up in China, expanding into Shenzhen, you know, mm -hmm. into, we were actually going to go to um, Chengdu, but mm. unfortunately that that's just when COVID hit, we were going to have a right. symposium out there, but unfortunately that didn't work. Right. But then right. personal growth, besides for my work shift, I'm a professional comedian. So I would love to do and explore comedy and magic because I'm also a magician out in China. So with the knock on wood, being able to relocate to China, not only can I get my career growth, but then I can get my personal and kind of passion growth as well. Wow, that would be uh, very cool. I'm a big comedy fan myself. So, you know, you're uh, in New York, so you must have a lot of opportunities to see, you know, the best of the best in terms of comedy. Well, unfortunately, I'm in upstate New York. Oh, okay. I got you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you look at a map of New York State, I'm probably right in the middle. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, I hear that. I grew up in the Philadelphia area, so it sounds like we probably grew up about as far away from New York. <laughs> Each of us grew up about, about, about the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, that, you know, that, no problem either way. But uh, yeah, there, you know, you should check out a guy. Um, he's probably the most famous foreigner in China to Chinese people, which is a guy named Da Shan. And uh, he's got incredible Chinese. Yeah, da Shan. yeah, you know, Da Shan. So he does comedy now. Oh, yeah. In, uh, Chinese. So, you know, that's, he can be a, a role model for you in that area. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that, that you have like, not only the professional thing, but you also have, of course, the uh, the personal thing that you might want to explore there and, you know, could even potentially become a professional thing because I tell you in China, you'd be amazed at the opportunities you can get when you take a skill that you already have, but then you can translate it into Chinese and do it in China. Uh, you know, for example, like my story with that is, uh, that I had, um, you know, the ability to drum, I'm a drummer and in the Philadelphia area, there was no real ability to do that professionally. Um, and so, just because it was too competitive, you know, I wouldn't be able to make a living, but he, I came here and for yeah. I paid my way through university, learning Chinese playing drums, which was 
just wild. And uh, a big part of the reason that worked <laughs> That's out. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. A big part of the reason that worked out was just because uh, the I was able to book my band and speak Chinese and, and kind of do everything on the negotiating side uh, eat fairly easily. And that, you know, the agents were so happy about that because they were like, oh, great. I don't have to, you know, use my relatively poor English to try to understand the situation. I can just talk to you directly in Chinese. And so that made a big difference for them, uh, you know, which is I'm sure you'll experience too after you come to China. Um, so that's awesome. All right. Well, so that's, that kind of establishes the sort of more personal side of the story. And uh, let's transition into talking about the course. So um, first of all, did you take the pronunciation mastery course? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So that obviously we focus on all the different syllables and, you know, it's just less focused on what the characters mean or anything like that, just to how to enunciate the sounds. Uh, what was your experience of going through that course? It was more somewhat rough experience within the second lesson only because of the, the diphthong, that uh, right? Yeah. It, I didn't know if I was actually pronouncing it correctly. And so mm. I kind of stalled a little bit just trying to figure out, I don't even know if this sounds, this sounds right. Now, luckily, through my association, we have two Chinese native. Well, one's technically Malaysian, but he works in China and he you know, knows Mandarin for the past, I think, 20 years. Mm -hmm. He's been fluent in Mandarin. So he's like a Chinese native and he kind of speaks better than the other Chinese native. And I was able to, using our recording studio, kind of, I just really pushed through a few of the levels in the pronunciation. And then I just made a simple recording of what I was saying and sent it to them. And so they actually were able to critique if I was actually pronouncing things correctly or not. And lo and behold, they were kind of amazed that it was almost, the pitch was almost native-like, hmm. you know? So that was, that was kind of incredible. And then shortly after that, I knocked out that pronunciation course, <laughs> you know, I had that kind of confidence in me. And right. after completing it, it was almost like a weird feeling knowing I knew how to pronounce everything. Right. You know, it's weird that you don't really know the language. You know, I've memorized some of the words just from the repetitiveness of the pronunciation course, mm -hmm. but it's a weird feeling that you technically don't know the language but you know how to say the entire language. Right. It was yeah. a, it was a really, it was a really weird and, but super unique and positive feeling. I feel, I feel because you kind of get that power, if you will, you know, you wield the power of this language, you're ready to go into the next, the foundation course, you know, mm -hmm. shortly after. Yeah, no, it really does help with your confidence. Like, you know, I, yesterday I had to uh, go into the vet because it's time for our, um, uh, male kitten to get fixed uh, is turning into an adult cat now and got to get him got to get him fixed and I went in there and I was like you know I don't think I've never had to say that in Chinese so far but I knew you know I knew the <laughs> word for it and all that and I was just like I'm very confident that I'm not gonna have an issue uh, and it, it just it makes such a difference and you know you, you know when you've communicated very well I mean obviously because people respond to you but the doctor the vet there she just immediately after it, comprehending what I was saying and that, you know, I wanted to meet on, uh, make an appointment for Saturday and all that. She, uh, just the way she came back at me telling me that I need to, um, 
make sure he doesn't eat for 24 hours before and all that stuff. She was going at not just native speed, like fast native speed, because she knew I could understand because clearly <laughs> I had, you know, expressed myself in a way that, you know, was not just a way she could understand, but also accurate with my pronunciation, which makes it just feel like a Chinese person to them. I mean, I'm not saying that my pronunciation is as native as a Chinese person's, but it does get to that because we understand the principles of the each syllable and how to, you know, make sure that you're getting your different cavities correct and your tongue positions and all of that. It really does help with, you, you can see it in Chinese people's faces where they go, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable with this. Cause a lot of times they go, Oh, you're a foreigner. Am I going to be able to communicate? Are you going to be able to understand me? Mm -hmm. And when they, you know, it's a very good feeling when they just go, Oh, okay, fine. And then they just come back with super native speed. You know, I was like, even I was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> Maybe you should slow down a little bit, but you know. <laughs> so it's uh it's that it does give you that confidence. So um so okay, so then you moved into the foundation course and into phase one, which is uh focused on character components and characters in general, but specifically we focus on the mnemonic technique, the Henza movie method. And so what we're focusing on there is using memory techniques that uh, essentially, we you find in your brain the associations you already have with certain concepts and then try to attach the Chinese to it, whether it's a character component or the pinyin initial or pinyin final. And so walk me through your experience of learning that technique, because, you know, for some people, I don't, I don't know if you had experience with using mnemonics to learn things before, but it certainly can be shocking for some people, but also, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a good way in, in some way. So t tell me about what that was like. So when I... I had to rewatch really what the technique actually was twice because the first time I didn't understand that that's all it was because mm -hmm. the kind of visual, you know, filming a movie in your mind, that's stuff I've been doing since I was, you know, 16, mm -hmm. right? Because being the magician and comedian, right? I'm kind of already filming my sets or I'm filming what I want a trick to do or a joke to do. So I, when I rewatched it again, I was like, that's really all it is. And mm -hmm. you're able to know, I said, there's, it was kind of like, there's, there's no way, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have learned a few characters using a different Chinese learning app and I stopped using them because then they went to a, a paid monthly subscription sort of thing. And it just kind of, and I, you know, felt the wrong way. And since it was free, but now you got to pay for it kind of thing. And mm -hmm. they were doing more traditional Chinese versus simplified Chinese. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really, they didn't have that pronunciation backing to it, right? So it wasn't really a super foundation, if you will. And I did learn some characters. So as I progressed into the levels, I already knew, oh, what this character was and this character was. But as far as... Uh, what's a what's a good example of a character that um so Lai, Lai, for example mm. um that seeing that character i didn't know what it was i already knew it had a tree component mm -hmm. from previous learning and i thought i have no idea what this character is going to be and then going through the steps of you know the razor blade and the tree it was just unreal that all you've got to do is just you film your movie and that's it and you think that oh you might have this huge catalog right a netflix of movies in your head mm -hmm. of all these things and you think oh man there's there's no way 
I can have all these movies. But then you realize, hey, you can recall probably 100 movies that you've seen, Mm -hmm. right? You can probably do that on the back of your hand. But then if somebody says, oh, have you seen this movie? And you go, no, what is it? And they say, I don't know, a sentence about it. You immediately go, oh, that's what it is. And that's kind of like what the Hanzo movie method for me is, right? I might see a character and not know what it is, but as soon as I break it down, I'm like, oh, it's it's this character, right? right. Or it's this one. It's this one's woo and this one's chill, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I just didn't think that something I was already doing and capable of doing is applied to a, a language learning, right? Those, it's like a square peg in a round hole. I'd never thought those two would, would kind of fit together. And it's amazing just how simple it is, really. It's like once you start getting through the first maybe 20 characters, I was mm-hmm. kind of on a roll. You know, I kind of shot myself in the foot, though, doing like 30 Yankee cards a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get you know, excited like, and then you're like, oh, wait, there's a lot of reviewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get to, you know, level 12 and it's like, oh, there's a lot of characters in this one. All right, well, let's slow it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But going through the reviews and the flashcards, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm just surfing through Netflix. I'm just going, oh, that's this movie. This is this movie. This is this movie. You know, it's amazing with the, just the visuals that you do in your, your mind palace, right? Mm-hmm. And just how easily it's applied to learning Mandarin. It's insane. It really is. Yeah, that, I've had that experience a lot when I was doing uh, the learning myself, you know, so I, I originally learned through the Remembering the Simplified Hands of the Book. And part of the reason we made Mandarin Blueprint was because both Luke and I were frustrated with that book because it was partially very helpful, <laughs> but partially like, you know, unhelpful. And so we we knew it could be improved upon, um, but I did have these moments, especially when I was doing the second book and applying the pronunciation mnemonic side of it. So the uh, the sets and the actors, um, I was sort of amazed. I was like, "This is this is so easy," and because it's instant, right? You just put to the pieces together. You go, "Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't doesn't take me any time to imagine him." Uh, and so it's like, where is he? He's in my bedroom in my mm-hmm. childhood home. Okay, got it. Like, it's like, there he is. And now what does he have? He's got a ferret and a, um, you know, uh, a stethoscope. <laughs> and he's uh, checking his heartbeat to talk about the character for Tiao, which means the beat, you know, whatever. So it's like, okay, fine, great, um, done. <laughs> and so it's like, so yeah. quick. It took me longer to explain that than it takes to happen in your head. Yeah. You go, well, wait a second. If I apply this to 3,000 characters, you know, clearly that's the foundation you need to learn Chinese. And then uh, what happened after that was I realized, and you'll just, you know, soon discover this, that, um, that it really is the hardest part of the language is the characters because once you get them, the rest of it's so simple. The rest of it's just like caveman speak and the, the grammar is just moving things around, uh, moving the different characters mm-hmm. around. And so it's like, in terms of if you translate them directly, a lot of times, I mean, you know, it's not to say there's nothing about the grammar that's occasionally confusing, but for the most part, it's not the hard part of the language because you, it's the advantage of having this bucket of meanings as opposed to an alphabet. You know, it's like you have 5,000 characters, you know, or 3,000 characters that you know, and they just, there's so many combinations of the general, because it's more like a morpheme than it is a, uh, a, a letter of the alphabet. It's somewhere between a letter of the alphabet and a word. You know, for many of them, some of them are words, and then some of them are kind of like parts of words. But you just put them together, and it's just so obvious what everything means, you know, when you uh, 
just look at how the characters relate to each other and then you see them in sentences and you're just like this is pretty easy so um you know that set of realizations builds up and then you just go oh well then i'll succeed and then once you realize that then you're like oh great well that's clearly this is going to give me an advantage in many ways you know it still takes time you got to put in the time to make the scenes and you have to then you know see them in context a lot and there's many things you need to do but it's not like any individual step is that difficult like all the individual steps are just like you know, just do it and then walk the path so yeah mm. so that's pretty cool so so far now that you've gotten the hands of movie method under your belt how long on average does it take you to learn a new character like if if you've uh you're landing on the make a movie page and where you know you look at the props and the actor in the set about how long does it take you to go okay i got it and move on on average so I would say moving on to the next character, honestly, it probably takes me, I would say a minute and a half mm-hmm. on average. And then, you know, the outliers would be, oh, like, so for an actor for GU, right? I kind of paused there for at least a day because I was like, I have no idea who I could effectively visualize right? right some of them as soon as so for boo right i knew immediately i was like i'm gonna pick this person mm-hmm. and then i look at the list still it's not on the list but i'm like oh, i'm gonna use this person anyway mm-hmm. you know gu took a little bit longer to do and then i would say as far as my my comfortability with the character it's usually the following night is when i right. pretty much have the character memorized if you will if i see it i'll know this is this is what this character is going to be and it usually comes back to say like a week later if i stumble it's usually about a 15 to 30 second kind of oh it's this one right so it's it's really it's easy when it's the characters when you're not picking sets and scenes and all that it only takes about a minute and a half probably to to look at it film my movie and then i just kind of move on right nice Nice. And that'll only get faster as you get better at it. Cause you'll, you'll continue to get better at it the whole time. Like, you know, it's a, it's pretty cool. You know, you get, and then you start to have really creative ideas and it starts to make me think, you know, that cause people will talk about creativity sometimes as if it's like either have it or you don't. And I, you know, my personal experience is that you can develop it if you, you know, do something like this, if you take the time to go, okay, well, you know, here are the things I need to do at least some level of create creativity to get the uh, props and the, actors in the set to interact with each other but it's usually pretty simple because the props have something that they like it's like it's a sword well you cut things with swords or you uh you know pin something to the wall or whatever you know the there's things you do with it so it kind of follows naturally but um you know you'll just get you'll continue to get faster at that and actually the point you made about how it's maybe a day after that you feel like you're really comfortable with the character then is a reason why we're making a slight adjustment to how we Uh, are going to present everything from phase three and beyond, which is that uh, one of our um, past, uh, well, current members, Ben Metcalf, he said, you know, what I, what we should do is have the sentences uh, of the vocabulary in context uh, at the end of a level so that you've had a chance to see the character a few times in your Anki cards. So if you spend the first half of the level learning characters and words, and then you, you know, start reviewing them in Anki, you might see them you know, four or five times before you get to the sentences. So they're more solidified in your brain by the time you're ready to like see them in context. And we, we realized, oh, that's right. That's definitely a good idea. So we're going to be changing it to, instead of it's like a new sentence comes along 
right after you learn the character. It'll be more like, um, you know, you take the time to learn the character, take the time to learn the word, start reviewing them, and then the second half of the level will be focused on sentences. And also that has the benefit of giving the option for people to just do the first half of levels if they want, and then go back and do the context, the levels in context in the second half. So hopefully mm -hmm. uh, people will find that to be an improvement. So uh, now, one of the things that I'm curious about, like, you know, so you've been, you have a couple of Chinese speakers at your workplace, you know, have you tried to communicate any of the things you've learned with them? I mean, you did, you did the pronunciation that you shared with them, but like, what is their, what have their thoughts been so far on your progress? If you've talked to them about it regarding the characters. So I haven't talked to them yet as far as characters go. Mm -hmm. The, and the main reason is just because it's been too busy with the COVID situation. Sure. Right. Sure. In order to, cause they're, they're busy with their own jobs. Right. And yeah. since I kind of got their feedback from the, pronunciation side because i resubmitted a, like another audio clip once i was done with the pronunciation and i kind of picked the the longer pronunciation sentences you know i want to figure out how to show them characters i've more i've more shown the non-chinese speakers on our mm -hmm. board of directors like the things that i'm currently learning because they ask mm -hmm. you know oh, how's the chinese going you know yeah. And I say, well, now I'm learning characters and, you know, my boss really wants me to speak for them, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of difficult to do because I, I don't know what to say, right? right. I don't yeah. know what to randomly say. You're actually say only just in, in entering Chinese. that stage now, like where you're going to start to get input, you know, because you have to learn how to learn characters first and then learn how to learn words first, and then you can see context. So, and then input must come before output. So yeah, you have the, your bosses are probably jumping the gun a little bit with that, but yeah, like it's, you're, you'll get there not too long from now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping my plan, my initial plan is I've been screenshotting a few of the grammar sentences mm -hmm. that contain, you know, every word and they don't really have the the top down words. Right. So the ones that would contain every word that I know and kind of filming a little PowerPoint presentation, you know, so then I would display something on the screen and then I would turn and read what it says on the screen and then mm submit that to the the native chinese speakers i, nice. I think that'll help because then it shows that i'm like reading what the character is you know sure. and then i might actually try and rewrite it depending on you know some of the sentences because it can take it, it is time consuming right to write yeah. out a long sentence right sure. so yeah 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 or definitely just like, even, i mean i can i can write but i just type these days it's like you know yeah i know how to yeah. do it but like you know, I don't have much call for it in the, in the modern world, but yeah. Um, but you could show them that you could start to type because you know the pinion, right? So you should be able to type it. And a lot, a lot of times the predictive, um, you know, pinion software will know, okay, if you write N-I-H-A-O, you're probably writing Nihal, right? Like it's like, it's not going to think you're writing mm -hmm. uh, Nihal or something else, whatever it would be. Um, so yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what, um, to, to kind of double back on the pronunciation real quick, because you said ni hao. Um, mm. It was interesting learning the tone changes because right. any anything or two videos of other, you know, elementary Chinese learners, whatever, they all write the pinyin third tone, third tone. 
mm-hmm. you know so it's it's interesting how misleading that could actually be right because it's not pronounced that way and yeah. when i <laughs> i'll never forget when i learned that i kind of i was all hyped you know i was like hype man i was like whoa i'm learning something that's everyone else is doing wrong you know <laughs> it's like taking taking the right pill in the matrix right you kind of yeah. you see what what what's up and what's going on right yeah so that that was to just to touch back on that i think that's a that was a really neat thing in the pronunciation but yeah the the predictive text because i do type out something sometimes and with the iphone with the ios update the siri translation is so on point and so sometimes i'll just speak into that and see what it translates back into which is it's super super awesome and unique and yeah and i actually have my phone in chinese my so this way i'm forced to kind of learn and recognize certain things yeah it it was difficult because i didn't know veterans day was today here in the u.s because it doesn't pull up Right. And it pulls oh, up in Mandarin. Right. And so then I don't know what it is. Right. So yeah. I go to the bank and the bank's closed. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's, yeah. the, it, it, it's, those are the types of things that make you, you know, learn some new things because it's like, oh, geez, that's really relevant. So, you know, um, it's kind of like kids when they're dealing with a computer and they want to play a computer game or something and they don't necessarily know how the computer works. They just got to figure it out. And so it's sort of, you know, obviously it can slow you down at certain points, but it's well worth it because it just, it, it's also a bit of an attitude thing. You know, it's it, when you change your phone to the target language, you're, you're saying to yourself, like, this, I'm taking this seriously. And uh, I rem- I'll always remember when we first started Mandarin Blueprint and we were teaching it live here in Chengdu uh, as, when it was in its nascent form, there was this guy, Tevin, who was in our class. And he, I, I just, he got there a little early and we got to talking and I mentioned a few things that you could do to, you know, make immersion more a part of your life. And I mentioned changing the uh, OS of your phone and your computer and he just pulls out his phone and does it right there. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, what a, that guy is. So yeah, cool. All right. So how about there's another part of the, course that I'm always interested to hear people's opinion about, which is um, the community aspect of the course. So, you know, people leaving comments, people, um, you know, uh, uh, the podcast and how we do the podcast as a part of the uh, replies to people, the little loom videos we make for people and uh, the community forum. Uh, How have you experienced that element of the course? And, um, you know, do, do you take advantage of it? So I have to say with the when someone posts a comment, and you know mandarin blueprint posts the youtube video and it links to the actual timestamp of what the person you know commented on it that's just to me that's top-notch customer service right that's oh i don't have to scrub through this hour-long podcast to try to find the point that i you know want to know about where somebody Mm -hmm. you know says oh i think this is a prop for this and it says oh you know luke or yourself has replied to this right go here to see it and so what i'll do is i'll just go and see that certain section mm-hmm. and i have had i think three three or four instances where for example the the gu actor i mm-hmm. sat on that for a day i couldn't figure i couldn't figure it out i had mm-hmm. no idea and then i just scrolled down through the comments and someone said goku and i light bulb in my head i was like oh my god why did not i think of that 
mm-hmm. and you know, growing up on Dragon Ball Z, all right. the generations, I was like, holy crap, here's a whole list of people now that I can choose from. This is, this is absolutely amazing. Same yeah. with the, uh, the, the umlauts, right? Sure. Where it's, I chose, you know, a world leader for a female in one of them. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll worry about the world leader aspect when I come to it. Right. right. And so then I came to it and I was like, ah, oh, crap, what do I do? And I right. thought, well, let me look through the comments, right? And somebody said, well, I chose this character, right? I was like, that's one of my favorite video game franchises. That's amazing. I can just have my world leaders just be characters from that game series. Exactly. Right? And I was beautiful. And just yeah. recently, I was struggling on the uh, character, the kind of like symbiotic relationship. Oh, Xiang. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Xiang. Xiang. So mm-hmm. I had the Life of Pi movie. So I had the the guy and the tiger, right? Because they kind of relied on each other. Okay. But then when I got into where you started adding the heart component under it, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm totally lost. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And someone in the comments mentioned that their character on top is a blind guy and a seeing eye dog. Right. And I went, holy crap, that makes way much more sense because I can just make my farmer blind, right? And mm-hmm. then the eye is the eye of Sauron, but it just has legs and a tail, right? So I can right, just make yeah. it look like a dog. Sure. And I was, wow, it was absolutely amazing. I went back into my Anki. I was scrolling through, finding it, changing it. I was like, perfect. I'm on it now. This is This helps my visualization and everything. So definitely the people who throw in what they chose for props versus what you guys have listed has at least helped me, like I said, four or five times. And it's definitely going to help me later down the road for sure. Yeah. Well, it's music to my ears because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Luke and I just have, we're limited to our own experiences. You know, I haven't, uh, I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z as a kid. I had a friend who did. And actually, we had a guy in the course who voiced one of the characters from Dragon Ball Z. He, he emailed us the <laughs> no other day. No way. <laughs> he he emailed amazing. us the other day saying like, oh, I need to take a break from the course. It's a great course, but I'm, I need to focus on Spanish for a little bit. And he had an IMDB link. Uh, in his email signature and I clicked it and it was like he was like he's the voice of one of the guys I mean I, I unfortunately I can't remember the character because I didn't uh you know I I I, I don't follow the show so it didn't stick in my memory but mm-hmm. I remember being like oh yeah Dragon Ball Z my friends liked that when I was a kid and I but you know because I didn't watch it I c- wouldn't have ne- never thought of Goku was that the guy's name Goku and so yeah. I would have never thought of that and so of course it, it's limited but when I see you know, people commenting and they leave these comments, especially when it's something I have no idea about. I'm like, perfect, because that's, mm-hmm. there was no way I could have added that. So uh, fantastic stuff. I'm really glad to hear that. So uh, cool. Well, I, I, I'm always curious, um, you know, about ways that people who've really delved into the course feel that we could improve things. Um, do you have any recommendations for how we might be able to improve the course? Um, sort of areas where you're like, they should really do this or, you know, anything of that nature? So I think the videos in, I think it was like level four when they started, when there were students that you brought in to do kind of their, what their scenario and scenes were, Mm. I I felt that was valuable, but I I think there should have, that should be a a second video, 
right? Okay. It should be either yourself or Luke doing it only because from my perspective, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't comfortable with public speaking, right? So that's kind of a, a form of it. So mm-hmm. I feel them explaining their scene was kind of a little bit more dragged out and then it mm-hmm. kind of gets lost a little bit. And so when I'm trying to build my own palace or my own movie, it sort of gets slowed down a little bit. Mm. Some of them were, you know, entertaining, right? It was a fun little twist to kind of refresh. You see a, a new face doing it. Hey, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But later on, it, it gets kind of difficult when they also have the same scenes for certain things. I think if they didn't switch out, you know, if you if it was the same you know, one person who did 10 videos, right. they kind of did a video, there were about four characters and they did another one. Mm-hmm. If they were kind of all in one similar line, because they use a lot of the same scenes for the same places. And that right. was kind of brushed over, be like, oh, where was this scene? Oh, it's my friend Andy's house, mm-hmm. right? So it, it felt like it kind of sputtered a little bit. Okay. But there there was some value in it. I think if it was just a second video, you know, like mm-hmm. a like a bonus option to do it i think that would be just a just a tiny bit more effective sure but as sure. far as i think the so just something from my experience with anki for os i don't know what it's like on android you can't go in dark mode because right the yeah the anki cards don't show up the the translations they don't show yeah. up in dark mode. And right, so yeah, that's... Uh... That, that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So maybe just that thrown in on the little the Anki tip video right. from, from the very beginning, you know, because I was doing the entire pronunciation course not knowing what the actual translation was of what I was saying. Right. Just because I was in dark mode, right? Yep, yeah, that's... Uh, I think I did put that somewhere, but I could... If, I could make it more prominent. Um, I should probably, and also I don't think that we put it in the pronunciation mastery course. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be sure about that. Yeah, we might be actually um, moving to a different flashcard software, but that will be months down the line if we do that. And, and, but of course, if we do that, anybody who's using Anki currently can keep using it, but um, it's, you know, that, that would solve a lot of problems from our perspective, but yeah, that's good feedback about the guests as well. You know, my thinking about that was, just to show people that this isn't some weird thing that Luke and I can do uh, only, you know, mm-hmm. and so to show other people can do it. But yeah, you're right. I should probably look through those and uh, be a little bit more critical about like whether or not the video was, you know, cause some of them were good for sure. And then some of them, I think mm-hmm. I, I see what you're saying, like how maybe the, they were a little nervous or, you know, they didn't, they meandered a bit. And so that, that's a good bit of feedback. I, I haven't actually gotten that feedback yet so far. So that's good to know. Um, that'll definitely be on our, our list. Um, cool. Awesome. All right. Well then, um, my final question that we ask everybody is just, uh, if somebody was uh, looking to learn Chinese, uh, would you recommend Mandarin blueprint? It would. And the reason I would is for the reason that I started taking Mandarin blueprint was it was one of those random targeted Facebook ads. And it was Luke giving his spiel of, you know, here's a, a good reason you should learn Chinese is you can speak to, you know, a billion people. You can also speak to people in Taiwan, Malaysia, that little, you know, mm-hmm. four minute thing that he does. And there were actually comments on it where somebody said, 
oh, I can't, they were a Chinese native and they said, oh, I can't show my mom this because he speaks better Chinese than she does, you know? <laughs> and so it, yeah. it really is, it's, it's amazing. You just have to get over the point, right? That it's two white guys teaching you yeah. Yeah. a Chinese language. However, in my opinion, it's been the absolute most effective because it really is so simple. Yeah. The the Mandarin blueprint method and also the just the customer service backing behind it is just it's absolutely incredible. Another small thing that happened to me was when I finished the pronunciation course, I know Luke mentioned that he played video games in changed the font to Chinese and that helped him. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, inquired about that. I sent an email and I was like I love video games. I'm a big nerd. I'm like, what's a good thing to do? And I don't know who responded to me, but they actually took an excerpt from that book that you guys recently put out, you mm-hmm. know, like a paragraph and included all those links and everything. And mm-hmm. to me, just kind of going back, you know, a product that you guys put out and you sold and somebody basically took a page from it that contained what I needed and gave it to me, gave me the information I already needed. Mm-hmm. and you you just have that support system almost, right? It wasn't a, oh, you could do this, here's a resource. No, it was here's the exact thing that you need. So it's coupled with just the simplistic of the program and just the support system that I don't think anybody really knows that they have. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel I could always just send an email and get a question asked and answered, right, appropriately of what I need. So I think those are the two reasons why I would recommend Mandarin Blueprint is just the how simple learning Chinese is with just this simple technique, but then also having a rock solid support system through the community, but also through the main Mandarin Blueprint headquarters. I don't know, <laughs> you know, how many people Oh, it's just me and Luke. after or what it's like, but that's, oh, it's just you, Luke. So then well, you I mean, guys. We have some people who help us. We have some people who help us do certain things, but like when it comes to talking to customers, it's, it's us because the, it's too complicated. Like we try to, if we try to train somebody on how to answer these, these things, every question is very individual. And we understand the course like the back of our hands. So we know it's like, okay, you're asking about this. I know exactly where to find that. And sure, like, I mean, to some degree, I'm trying to build up a system of uh, frequently asked questions um, and train somebody how to find things. But, you know, even still, there's new questions every week that I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't something that anybody's ever asked before. And I know how to answer it, but somebody who was working for me wouldn't know. So it's like, you know, it's, uh, but that's fine. I, I like it. You know, anybody who's asking for my help. I mean, like that, I look at that, like, you know, that means that I'm doing something valuable for them. And of course I would want to help them. I'm not going to, you know, just be like, well, I'm too important to help with them. That would be silly. You know, it's like, I made this thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody is required to do, to do it or take it. And, you know, and Luke and I worked together on this for so long and we're continuing to build it. And so it's like anybody who's asking a question is helping us because that gives us direction in what are the things that people need. And, you know, many things, you know, are, have been addressed and like the questions that come up all the time. Well, sure. Then we just make sure we categorize that and say, okay, that when this question comes up, send them this link and, you know, whatever. But um, most of the questions are very individual. So we're happy to do it. 
Yeah, it's it's a godsend, if you will, right? Especially in this day and age when at least here in the US, you know, there's a lot of tension going on and there's sure. there's been a lot of, you know, negativity and everything. And it's a lot of times, right, you pay for something and you kind of don't get the support that you think you should get from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now knowing that it's just you two, it's just it's mind blowing to me, right? Because you're the you're the sensei, right? The masters, if you will. And it's <laughs> like, oh, I'm the the lonely peasant asking the question, right? It's it's those are just the two key things that are just absolutely incredible. What what might be really fun potentially in the future is maybe doing like kind of group hangouts. You know, mm-hmm. that would that would be kind of fun to do just to. Or maybe like meet and greets, right? Yeah, sure. Because then you could kind of go over study habits and everything. But as far as the manner of blueprint method itself goes, it's it's mind blowing, right? It's it's unbelievable that I can do what I'm able to do, right? I'm able to buy I'm building a computer, right? So all my parts come from China. So I'm able to look at my box and just go wow, I, I know 40 of these characters. This mm-hmm. is this is insane. And I've really put in, you know, no effort, right? I'm doing regular studying. To me, two hours a day at most, actually probably an hour and a half a day, right? Mm-hmm. At most is, is nothing, right? right? And if I went to say a school or a university, right? There's a commute that I have to do. There's here's a big long course. Here's a syllabus I have to do. Here's this, here's that. And mm-hmm. the manner of blueprint is just kind of, this is really all you have to do. Let's do it together almost. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. And I mean, that gives, gives me complete confidence that you'll succeed because all you got to do is keep, keep walking the path. And uh, you know, that's the type of thing also that keeps us motivated because uh, you know, Mandarin Blueprint is, of course, still a growing course, and uh, we're going to continue to expand it and add more material to it. Uh, I, I don't imagine that that process will be over for many, many years. So, uh, you know, it's like when I see people like yourself, you know, really walking the path and finding it so valuable, I just go, all right, I got to keep, you know, keep the keep the foot in the gas, you know, because it's like there's there's things to do. There's more expansions we need. And our goal is to make Mandarin Blueprint, you know, a one stop shop. Uh, which, you know, it's a big language. So that's going to take a long time to to build out. But we're, <laughs> you know, we're well on our way. And uh, it's uh, great to have the support of people like you. And I, I am very confident that as long as you keep, you know, showing up every day, which sounds like you are, uh, you're going to continue to be successful. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for uh, putting so much effort into the course. Thank you for your wonderful customer support and yourself and Luke for really you know, taking that book and being like, well, there are lots of things we could do better. And clearly, in my opinion, I haven't even read that book, but clearly saying, yeah, you guys can do a, a lot better and put out a really fantastic educational product. Well, thanks for that. And I'll be sure to make sure that Luke checks this out so that uh, he hears that message as well. And uh, thanks so much. So we'll leave it there for, for now. Go to mandarinblueprint.com if you're uh, checking this out and you want to learn more. Uh, all the information's there, and we'll uh, speak to you soon, Brennan. Take care.